Welcome back. Hour number four of the Bill Michael Show. Good to have you on board. This hour brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. This is it. This is it. Get a hold of them today. This is it. You got today and tomorrow, and uh, you can get yourself scheduled. You can still get scheduled for the consultation that gives you, that could possibly give you, uh, no interest financing all the way to 2029. Don't let this deal pass. You have today and tomorrow. Call them, 855-PELLA-WI, 855-P-E-L-L-A, 855-P-E-L-L-A, 855-PELLA-WI, or go to PELLAWI.com. That is PELLAWI.com. Again, PELLAWI.com. And uh, check it out. But the great windows, great doors, frigid temperatures, obviously, are starting to seep into our area. And, uh, you know, I uh, love, love the look of my new house, love the feel of my new uh, my house, of the new windows and doors. Just absolutely love it. The new patio door has kept the great room right there at 70. No fluctuation whatsoever. And uh, still lets all the light in and keeps the uh, heat in as well. That's the best part about it. Uh, check out our friends at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com. That is P-E-L-L-A. Pella W-I. Dot com. See it for yourself. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, 877-867-1670. You can find us there. Also, uh, if you want to find us over on uh, the uh, uh, the Twitter feed, at Bill underscore, underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, or uh, at Ben Z. Kenny. You can find him there. And then you can also drop us an email, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That's thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Uh, Rod, go ahead and give us a shout. Rod, what's going on, man? You're first out of the shoot. Yeah, just a comment on that uh, dildo criminal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Good possibility he might have been a farmer that uh, had a mare that just didn't know how to do it, so he sat there and figured, <laughs> oh, I'd sit there and, and I'm not big enough, so I'll sit there and I'll grab something that day. I can show him how it's done. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, are you a farmer that, or is this a, are you a farmer or a wild imagination guy? Oh, I live on a farm. I live on a farm, but I tell you, uh, those horses hang at least 30. <laughs> Okay, I'll talk to you later. Rod, how big are your cows, man? <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> oh, my God. That was way too specific that just was, to be a hypothetical. Right? I know. It's like I have to go show a cow how it's done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you ever you, you go to the fair... Back when I used to have the Clydesdales. There you go. There you go. I'm just saying, I'm giving you a, your point of reference and possible a homework paper for over the summer. We'll stick with that. Let's go to Polly. Polly, welcome to the program at the Bill Michaels Show. Please don't talk about dildos, Polly. How you doing? Um, not too bad. Responding to the... Uh, he flirted with Minnesota last year. Um and he said he was, you know, done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had the first flirtation with Denver this year and then also with Carolina. Maybe, okay, so he took a pay cut last year or, you know, because, the year before because they underperformed. Mm-hmm. So he took a pay cut at Michigan. Maybe he's using his leverage for that, but I don't think so. Like, I don't think him, the owner who flew in from Denver to see him in Ann Arbor, did that with all the other six or seven guys that they were interviewing. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, it was a, a one-off. And no, the I other agree. thing is, is he, uh, you know, it's a respect thing. He might want to go to the NFL one day, 
and it might be Denver one day. So he's not, you know, could he have just said to the guy, nope, not going to do it, not do it, you know, whatever, you know, but he, he, he at least entertained the notion. He, I, I don't think he's going anywhere for at least the next year, at, at least as long as McCarthy's quarterback. And um, on the other topic, the uh, the thief, I feel like Ben could give that 30-inch or the ride of its life. Oh, my God. You can't do that. I appreciate the phone call. You can't do that. No, 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 no. What did he say? He said he thought Ben could give it the ride of its life. And it's oh. like, no, 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 no. Listen. Only, only if uh, Ben's uh, pedaling a, a moped down the street or something and using it in, like, uh, the uh, Renaissance Fair as a jouster. <laughs> That's it. I did have, yeah. Uh, someone called in with a comical elephant joke. Oh, my goodness, yeah. No. That's all we'll say. Uh, put it this way, um, when you go back to Harbaugh, now obviously he's a Michigan fan, but when you go to Harbaugh, when when you're taking, when you're saying I'm staying and I'm here, I'm the guy, I'm, I'm you know, people take that as you're not really listening to outside entities. Uh, if I am Luke Fickle, if I am Ryan Day, if I am any other coach in the Big Ten, I'm saying this is a guy that keeps saying I'm here but keeps being publicly courted by NFL teams. And do you really think he's here? So if you think you're playing for Harbaugh and he keeps telling people he's not going anywhere but he keeps taking interviews not once, not twice, but more often from other teams, can you really believe the guy? It, it's it's not – again, you may say it's a it's not a one-off and this is the way things are done. That That's fine. But I'm just telling you perception becomes reality in a lot of people's minds. What goes on behind, the, behind closed doors, you may be 100% correct, but perception becoming reality publicly, he looks like he's courting teams. Like he wants to get out, but he's waiting for the perfect opportunity. When, so when you turn around and say, no, I'm, I'm a Michigan guy, I'm here, I'm staying, it makes him look phony. You know, I mean, uh, Roger says it's not about the money, but if it's not about the money, why'd you, why'd you, take, the, why'd you take the contract to begin with if it wasn't about the money? You know, public perception, you got to also understand that the majority is a lower common denominator of understanding in a lot of different facets. So for people that don't study it, look at it, understand it 24-7, they, all they see is what the headlines are. And the headline is, right now he's being courted by the Denver Broncos. But yet on one hand, he's also saying that, no, I'm a Michigan guy, I'm here, this is my life, this is where I'm going to be. So... Again, perception becoming reality. And you may not like it, but then don't do it. 877-867-1670. Hit us up, uh, 877-867-1670. This one is uh, from uh, Jason. Jason says, uh, oh, boy, the banter between the Kelseys is going to heat up over the next couple of weeks. I love it. How much do you think we're going to hear from both of them? I would assume some. Travis Kelsey was obviously more outspoken after the uh, the Chiefs got the win. I mean, basically slapping down the Cincinnati mayor and saying that it is uh, not Burrowhead uh, in the uh, post-game interview with uh, with Patrick Mahomes and CBS. He chimed in on that as well. I it Almost like that guy was drunk with happiness, you know? He seems often to be drunk on either happiness or alcohol, yeah. if you will. 
He's he's drunk on well, he wasn't drinking during the game, so no. he had to be drunk on happiness. No, no, but at the at the Tahoe thing, I don't know. Yeah. I love both of them, frankly. I think yeah. it's it's awesome what they're doing. Right. But we'll hear a lot from both. You know we will. Yep. Yep. Both guys are uh you know, the all pro Philadelphia center, Jason Kelsey, all pro Kansas City tight end, Travis Kelsey. The first brothers to oppose one another in the Super Bowl. Which I have one problem with that. Why is that? They're not directly opposing each other. They're both on offense. Right. So they're pl- their teams are playing. Their teams are playing one another. But they're not just going out it in the trenches where Kelsey's a, a Travis is a big Nick Bosa pass rusher. Yep. Um, and then obviously Andy Reid becoming the first head coach to face a team he previously coached in a Super Bowl since the Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll lost to the Patriots in Super Bowl Forty Nine. So it has been done before, but it's the first time since. And um, so there's a lot of side notes to all of this. So it's it's going to be, there's a lot of things that are coming out that are going to be very interesting going into this game. Um, but And we're going to hear all of that coming up. we got plenty of time for all of that. But, uh, but yeah, there's, there's some interesting storylines going into the game between the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, no doubt. A lot of overreaction going on today for what went on. A lot of people really Twitter blew up over the officiating that they felt was favoring Kansas City versus the anti-Cincinnati bias, I guess, that they thought that was going on. But uh, Super Bowl 57, less than two weeks away. It's going to be fun. The buildup is going to be fun as we all descend on Phoenix, Arizona. Coming up. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. And this one is from Anthony. Anthony says, um, Anthony says that Andy Reed, if he loses this Super Bowl, what does that say for Andy Reed and his legacy? Well, that means he will have been to what? Three Super Bowls? Four. Four total. Super Bowls total. And only one, one. Um, what do you think it should say for his legacy? You know, I think he's been to four Super Bowls. I think it depends on how he loses. If he does, where if if they get crushed again and he makes a mistake set and punts or if if it's a game where you could see a coaching mismatch is legit, then right. I like Super Bowl losses. uh, It's it's tough because getting there is such an accomplishment. Right. So that's what like we talk about. uh, Brady is look down on Marv Levy. We still consider Marv Levy one of the greater coaches to ever coach in the National Football League. He went to four straight, never won one, right? Yeah, and and Brady has been to our, he's won seven or six, but he's been to so many, and he's lost a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But that's where, like, getting there is such an accomplishment that I don't think it should be used as a knock Right. I, it will be, probably. You know, I, I mean, um, you know, I mean, I, I know Pike Packers fans like to make fun of it, but Bud Grant went to four, if I'm I, three or four, I think. He never won. Bud Grant was a, considered a hell of a coach, still revered to this day. And I think Bud Grant's still alive. I think he still does his Bud Grant yard sale up in Minnesota every year. Um, so I, I think getting to Super Bowl status as a head coach is, you know, if you get there once, you don't win it, or you get blown out, you never get back. That has more of a black eye than getting there numerous times. Winning one, you know, I think in a coach's career, you obviously want to win them all, but 
Uh, I think you take getting to that big game and getting your team on numerous occasions, giving your team a bite at the apple. I mean, that's all you can hope for. And a lot of times, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the the whole Aaron Rodgers, he's one in five in NFC Championship games. You know, you start to look at what the reasons you lost some of those games. You know, was it because of Rodgers? Or was it, I mean, we all know that the, the defense was horrific in one uh, or two. Uh, they had mishaps in another game that they should have won. And it, that, that wasn't on Rodgers. So, I, you know, I, I don't sit there and lay that at his feet. Some of those games, you could maybe say McCarthy. You could say coaching staff, special teams. I mean, Sean Slocum took the bullet for the one in 2014. So, eh, I, but I think if you're a head coach and you're able to put together a staff that continuously gives you an AFC, AFC championship and continues to give you a bite at the apple in the Super Bowl, I, I think you're a hell of a coach. But there will be people. It, it's funny, though, because people look at Mike McCarthy as some kind of, in Dallas, if you watch anything on ESPN, they look at him as some kind of a walking buffoon that when the team wins, it's because of the coordinators, and when the team loses, it's because of Mike McCarthy. But Andy Reid, he's got just a whole different level of respect. Had Andy Reid never won that Super Bowl with, with Patrick Mahomes, he would he still be like the buffoon? I think he would be by the fan base. I, you know? What's so, what's so impressive is... When you are a coach for this long, when it's Belichick from when he started to now, Andy Reid was hired in Philly in 98 or 99. Right. And you go through multiple eras of football where his teams in Philly were, you know, run power football. It's a different era completely. Right. So to be on the top of the league, it's like what Saban does. As soon as the sport shifts, he's always at the front of it. Right. Making the team better in a different way. So I like I, I still can't hold it against him. I, I guess it's kind of the LeBron argument. Yeah. Like no. he, he goes to every finals but loses. Right. Is that worse than just losing in the first round? Well, LeBron, there's a couple of teams much like Rodgers. He drug there. That had no business being there, but he drug them there. Oh, yeah. Now he doesn't have the ability to drag a team along anymore. You know, so LeBron, now where LeBron loses credibility is in the uh, greatest of all time argument. Right. You know, for what he's done, his longevity, the position he played, and the way he's played it, he's played a big, he's played a small, he's played a guy that handles the basketball, shoots from the outside, he was a scorer and a dunker and a mean muscle machine on the inside. All of that, uh, I understand it, but he has never won the same amount of championships as Michael has, and, you know, Kobe didn't either. You know, Kobe was short, but people look at Kobe as maybe one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest, over yeah. Michael Jordan. But I, th- I still think Jordan reigned supreme because he was able to drag along his team as well. And, and LeBron wasn't able to do that on a consistent basis. Let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. When we come back, it's Monday. You know what that means. Going to bring in our guy, Mike Clemens. He's going to join us. Hey, if you want some great hockey action, check out our friends at the Milwaukee Admirals. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. They had some concerts there over the weekend as well. I mentioned that they had the Wisconsin band. A lot of good stuff going on with the Admirals. Check out their season tickets. Check out what's remaining. Individual t- tickets, group sales and such, and some of the promotional nights, concert nights. Go to Milwaukee admirals.com milwaukeeadmirals.com mike clemens next covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network
know, I've been through a lot personally, but I want to steer it from the direction of how good this team has been to playing together, um, being together, challenging one another. Um, when, we, when we experience some painful times and some uh, some tough times, we always find a way to overcome. So, you know, you, you want to be going into it in a situation like this. And, you know, we have a chance to, got, got a chance to go out there and win it all. So we want to prepare to go do that. Glad to have you. Jalen Hurts, little Steve Miller band, setting the mood. And we welcome in now our guy, Mike Clements. And Mike Clements brought to you by the Bay Motel Green Bay. Bay Motel Green Bay, quiet, cozy, comfortable. And uh, they are right there about a mile from Lambeau Field, as a matter of fact. And a great place to stay. Bay Family Restaurant, homestyle cooking seven days a week. Seven days a week you can find it. And uh, also uh, over at the Bay Motel, they are South Military Avenue in Green Bay. You can find them uh, by calling 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or go online to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Again, baymotelgreenbay.com. Joining us now on the hotline is our guy, Mike Clemens. Mike, oh, how you doing, pal? Pretty good. Uh, some things I was impressed by, Jalen Hurts, in terms of in the moment, um, handling the pressure. I think he's you know, he sounds like a leader when he does these press conferences, overcoming the shoulder injury. But, you know, can a guy who wins an NFC championship game with a 72.2 pass rating, and that's because he's this running quarterback. He rushed for 11 times yesterday for 39 yards. Um, he, he threw the ball 25 times completed 15 of those he's got a good arm but you know he's this running quarterback is he going to be able to to match whatever points that you know a former mvp like patrick mahomes puts up in a game so jalen talked about this after the game he knows he's got all kinds of little things to improve on in his game like maybe things that he watches aaron Rodgers do in terms of cadence and signals you know right now his 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 signal is go 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 that's what he said right down at the goal line go 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 so he needs to work on the little things in his games but hey no question about it when you got Hassan Reddick taking out the quarterback Brock Purdy for the win that helps you know it's, I think sometimes when you get to this part in the season when things kind of get tight you know you, you want to make the big plays all of this comes down to the details the attention to details um, the football IQ and the fundamentals to do the right things whether you want to keep the clock running or not get the ball snapped quickly or knowing situational awareness, third and short, uh, fourth and one, or whatever it is. So I know there are a couple of things that I, I probably like to have back on that end, but there are a lot of things that we also did well and executed at a high level on. And I mean, we, we put ourselves in this position. You know what I'm saying? There's, um, there, there's, there are definitely things out there that we're going to learn from. You know, this team played a hell of a game today. Hassan Reddick, he's been a bad, he's been a bad dude all year. And um, that's, that's what we need going forward. Mike, uh, I mean, I love listening to Nick Sirianni. That guy's a different cat, too. You talk about another energetic guy. He reminds me, he's got a little, little like, Vrabel in him, doesn't he? He does. He does. And, you know, again, when he first had his press conferences, people thought he was nuts when he arrived in Philadelphia. But he's just got a different way of looking at things. Um, I like some of the things he does, like that, you know, the goal line stance. When he gets that offensive line down, you know, with their helmets practically to the ground mm-hmm. they get lower pad level i mean it's almost like a like there's something they teach you in peewee football but 
you know, man, it works. It works. And and I love the play where in their opening drive, you know, Jalen throws a nice ball down the left-hand sidelines, and Devontae Smith makes a one-handed catch. But then Smith comes up, and he's pounding his fist together. Now, that's a hand signal that I can understand. It's like, hey, hurry up. I don't know if I caught that. Let's get the next playoff. And they did. And, you know, these are things that you see LaFleur working on in practice that they seem to go by the wayside. Hurry up offense, breaking huddle. I don't know why they don't do them. And so, you know, Nick Sirianni was asked, you know, after Devontae Smith made that one-handed catch, you know, you see the Eagles offense run up there to the end and get the next playoff before the 49ers could call the challenge. Uh, you know, that's a situation that pops up, right? There's situations that pop up in all these different scenarios, and that's one of them that we work, we talk about, right? Um, going into our Giants game last week, we saw the Giants actually do that in their, um, in their playoff game against uh, Minnesota. Now, sometimes, sometimes you're going to hurry up and run a play, and it's going to be – and it, it wasn't going to be a question to it, but if there's any question in your mind, uh, and we go no huddle anyway, so if there's any question in your mind, you go. And, and Devontae did a great job. Um, I'm going to say he caught it, though. You know, so I'm going to, I'm going to say that because it was a pretty sweet catch. Um, but Devontae did a great job, and Jalen did a great job of getting the guys in the line of scrimmage and uh, and running the play. Kyle Shanahan um, has taken some heat for this game in a couple of different areas. One of them being completely uncontrollable. I mean, who knew that both of your quarterbacks would go down with injury? You didn't have anybody else really on the roster that you could go to. So, uh, you know, I, you can't fault him for that. And you can't fault him for a game plan. But for not challenging that, I thought that was a little interesting that he did not toss the challenge flag and whoever it was upstairs didn't get in his ear and say, you got to throw it and take a look at it. Right, because the Eagles ran up to that first and goal at the six, ran a play, it was a little incomplete pass. Next play, you know, they settled down. And they they got Miles Sanders, I mean, wide open. He just ran up over the left guard for a six-yard touchdown. So, you know, Eagles go up 7 nothing at the start of the game. And Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan was asked, why didn't you challenge that Devontae Smith one-handed catch? Uh, and he, he says, hey, why didn't the, NFL's do it, uh, the NFL do it in New York? I mean, there's people, I mean, I, I think the NFL can do that. They see it. You know, they're supposed to do it, but... I mean, we didn't see it. So there's a play clock. You got 40 seconds. They're going to get it off, and um, they got it off. I was going to throw it anyway. It's just hoping. But it looked like he caught it, and then they show a, re- a replay up there, which I was shocked they showed it. Um, but it ended up looking like a catch on the replay, too, because you couldn't see the other angle. So that's why we did it. And then I was told at the end of the drive, they saw a couple of other angles, and we, I was told it was incomplete. You know, I I, I know the defense of the 49ers took some, took some heat, but – I'll tell you this, they did everything they could. They were put in a precarious position, and they held their own for the first half of that ball game. It wasn't like it was some kind of a blowout or runaway until you get the Scott scores with the 10-yard you know, ten run just before half with 16 seconds to go. But for the most part, they held their own. They just didn't have the quarter. There was no way to stay off the field because you knew your offense didn't have enough in you to stay on the field. So you had to be ready, and they didn't get a breather. There was this old-school beat reporter that's covered the 49ers forever that stood up in the press conference with Kyle Shanahan, and he just thought, you know, that the defense and special teams somehow covered for, you know, Josh Johnson in at quarterback. And so he asked Shanahan, did you think that your number one-ranked defense was a little off-kilter against Philly? 
Uh, I didn't think they were off kilter from the jinx. They're going against a pretty good team. Uh, I know they gave up seven on the first drive, but I felt like they shut them down for like the next three series. We felt like we had momentum, had some good stuff going. Um, I think the penalties really got to our defense. Uh, I think a number of them were self-inflicted that we got to do better on. A few of them, um, you know, I'll see how it is when I saw the tape, but um, that's what got them going. And you're going against one of the best offenses in the league, and can't make those mistakes, but, you know, our defense held them to 14 there in the first half with two on, two, with um, the two turnovers in offense, and so the second turnover got them seven. Um, and then they were out there pretty much alone in the second half. Only they had a team that our offense was just able to run the ball, and we weren't able to get some big ones. Um, so they had a pretty uphill battle versus a good team, and I was real proud of those guys. You know, the... Um you know, the the story of Brock Purdy uh, unfortunately came to an end very soon in that game. And you just kind of feel for him and you feel for the 49ers a little bit uh, in the sense that, you know, you never really got a chance to see it all play out. You feel like you were kind of robbed in a sense. And the Eagles' Reddick, I mean, he did this exactly the way all these teams drill it now. I mean, these defensive coordinators, these these linebacker coaches, they say go after the quarterback as he's got the arm up. Don't hit him in the body. Don't hit him in the helmet because that's going to be roughing the passer. Go for the arm. Go for the throwing arm. Throw that thing, you know, almost like a, you know, a martial arts leverage thing. Go right for the elbow there, and that way you'll maybe knock the ball loose. You'll get him off his, off his balance. You know, maybe you'll be able to get a sack that way. It was perfect, but for Brock Purdy, I mean, it wrecked his arm. He said he, couldn't, he could not throw the ball more than five or ten yards on the sidelines, and he talked about how bad this elbow and forearm injury was. You know, my arm just felt like it stretched out, um, just felt like from my elbow down to my wrist, front and back, just pain, really, all over. We're uh, getting an MRI tomorrow. It, it is a little swollen in the forearm area near the elbow. That's all I know, man. It's uh, still in pain, obviously. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame he didn't get a chance to kind of kind of play it out but uh you've got uh, the 49ers uh, and all those weapons they couldn't really utilize you had Debo Samuel trying to do things McCaffrey trying to do things Kittle trying to do things they just couldn't get it going McCaffrey trying to throw a pass and George Kittle you know is so fun to watch the tight end and you know some of these guys you think it's like you know it's, it's like the 49ers time I mean they've been to one Super Bowl but th- th- that's such a good crew there they're getting not, they're not getting any younger and so Kittle was asked, what's the reaction in the huddle when the fourth-string quarterback, Josh Johnson now, had to leave the game with a concussion? Yeah, I mean, you dress two quarterbacks when neither one, neither one of them can throw and neither one of them is really available. Kind of uh, limits what you could do as an offense, kind of limits our playbook to, like, 15 plays. So you only do so much. Uh, you know, they, as soon as Purdy came back in, they put six guys on line of scrimmage, they loaded the box, and... It's not like we can do any play actions or anything off it, so we just kind of had to run into it. And uh, you know, I mean, I'm just I'm pumped that my team didn't quit. They're fighting, and whether it was an actual fight or whether they're just doing everything they can to be be violent, I love it. Um, completely terrible circumstance, but uh, you know, those boys didn't quit out there, so. Um, you know, you give them credit because they didn't, but you got to feel like almost if you're a player on that team, like in some way, shape, or form. This was a horrible loss because you just didn't have a quarterback. You know, no. all the prep you had that you put into this thing, you couldn't even run your game plan. As much frustration as Packer fans have had, 
since LaFleur arrived, and they would get to these deep playoffs and first seeds. It's got to be even more frustrating to be a 49er. Three NFC championships, you've been to the Super Bowl one time, but you lost to the Chiefs. And so Kittle was asked, is this the toughest loss? I mean, losing sucks regardless. Uh, you know, last year, I mean, to fight just to get in the playoffs, upset some teams. And this year, you know, we had all the momentum, played well in the first round, played well in the second round. And, uh, I mean, you know, all that we wanted to put out there on tape, but, you know, life kind of just punches you in the face sometimes, and it is what it is. Let's do this, talking with Mike Clemens and uh, getting the report for, uh, you know, the AFC and the NFC Championship Games. Setting up for the uh, Super Bowl, uh, we'll come back with Mike. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Right here. Get a quick snap, roll out to the side, and throw to the flat. Is it there? In zone. Caught. Travis Kelsey with the touchdown on fourth and one. This is all Kelsey and Mahomes. And how about this? Cincinnati's mayor becoming the talk of the nation with a tweet that got a lot of attention. You know, players have been chirping at one another, but Mayor Aftab Puraval announcing a proclamation on Twitter poking fun at Joe Burrow's recent success over Patrick Mahomes. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. This beautiful trophy. Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Love having Mike with us. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Stenny's. If you're looking for a, a terrific sports bar to go and watch the big game, check out our friends at Stenny's. Second International, Walker's Point, the new one coming to Lake Country. Don't forget the old boomers. And if you're going to be going downtown, they run shuttles to everything. Check out our friends at Stenny's. Best Bloody Marys, great wings, great food, great people. It is the cheers of Milwaukee. And as they say, you should be here. Mike Clemens joining us uh, on the hotline. So, Mike, uh, all the partying is Side, it's now going to be a hell of a party for both fan bases heading out to Arizona. And uh, the one fan base that was counting on it that feels slighted is now Cincinnati because they feel that the calls went against them, the NFL was against them, there was no coin flips in their favor, none of that. They feel like they have been completely slighted in some way or shape or form. Yeah, a lot of disappointment uh, with a lot of people. I can see fans reacting on social media about calls. Uh, and, you know, that's a whole show in itself. Um, I just... I think it's interesting that the you know the 49ers showed such momentum going into this weekend with their 12 wins. Same thing with the Bengals. Whereas you know the Chiefs have been kind of up and down, up and down, but they're pros and they know you know when they need to be ready and they had the home field advantage. But Mike Hilton is this defensive back for the Bengals, and this is from last Friday. But, you know, he'd been caught on Mike and on the sidelines during the Bills game, like, hey, up next we're going to Kansas City. And, he, and of course, since Joe Burrow is 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes, he invented this thing. It's not Arrowhead. It's Burrowhead. So Mike was asked about that last Friday going into the game. How did you come up 
with the burrow head comment? I don't know. It really just popped up to me on the sideline, man. Um, I just knew we were going to Kansas City, and it's Arrowhead, so I thought of my quarterback and called it Burrowhead. That's it. And you know what? That's fine if Kansas City took offense to that. I mean, that, that was a, yeah. a cocky Cincinnati team that felt like they had beaten them three straight uh, and like they could do it again. And short of a penalty, maybe they're still playing. Who knows? So how did they play in Kansas City? Well, you heard Travis Kelsey there. And then you heard Chris Jones, who, by the way, I got to tell this to Ben. Bill, when, when we're at the Super Bowl to cover Chiefs against 49ers, Bill books us his place on the 30th floor of this fancy condo overlooking like Miami Beach. And the agent that's showing us the place and letting us in with the key says, yeah, we had a player here. What's his name uh, from the Chiefs? Uh, Chris Jones? Yeah. <laughs> we were staying in a guy yeah. where, you know, an NFL player stayed. Six foot six, 300 pounds, and he's after the, asked after the game, what did you guys think of the Cincinnati mayor or the borough had, uh, you know, trash talk this week? Listen, man, um, we're not a team that talks. Okay, we're not a team that talks. We just go out and play the game respectfully. But don't ever, ever, ever disrespect Arrowhead Stadium at G-E-H-A. Okay? <laughs> Some, uh, with the disrespect earlier on in the season, man, and, and coming into this game, uh, does that make this win that much more special because you guys were counted out in this game? Listen, man, for some reason we're always counted out, whether it's division whether it's in against the Bengals they don't beat us three times and you know we knew we, we enjoy the, the the motivation that being counted out give us I think we got a lot of competitors on this team we look forward to the challenge they should I mean look I I, I anything you can use either side for bullet more material that teams take and you I, I love that I love the banner back and forth I, I don't have a problem with it at all and I'll tell you this though if there's an MVP of that game it's probably Chris Jones because he was in the lunch basket of Joe Burrow all day a couple of sacks and hit him numerous times and gave uh, that uh, offensive line of the Bengals havoc man all night and of course there was that stat that up until you know last night he had never somehow gotten a sack in a postseason game, how's that possible with all the postseason games they've been in? But it's Steve Spagnola, man. It's, I mean, when he was with the Giants or now with the Chiefs, he's, you know, you must take the quarterback down and you must hit him hard. He's one of those kinds of guys. That's how he beat Tom Brady. That's how he beat Joe Burrow last night. And Chris Jones says, you know what? He knew that about his game, and he rededicated himself in the offseason. I missed a few big plays last year. Unfortunate that I was able to, to move forward, and I put that on my shoulders. So this offseason, I dedicated my whole offseason to making sure when that moment calls for me again, uh, specifically, that I'll, I'll answer the call. It looked like before the, the last snap, you said maybe you thought about going inside, but then obviously you went and went outside. Just Yeah, the last play, I think it was gun far. They ended up bringing the tight end up, motioning out the back. And when they gave me that look earlier in the game, I was getting the tackle and the guard, and I figured since the tight end was on the line, they was on the match protection, keeping the tight end in, making them chip the D in. So in my head, I was thinking maybe I can get a one-on-one with the tight end. If not, I can get a one-on-one with the tackle, and I um, I feel pretty good about it. Mike, uh, I'll tell you what, a lot of talk in this area about MVS and the game he had and how they he can catch passes in Kansas City, that's for sure. After Travis Kelsey, and they were down to the last receivers, MVS with six catches, 116 yards, one for 29 yards, a key first down, and a touchdown. 
and Andy Reid uh, praised him. Uh, MVS uh, had a had a nice day, uh, as did all those all the receivers. Uh, we only had three of them, so by the end, so they all did nice. Our young secondary, uh, two of them got interceptions. Chris Jones had a unbelievable game, along with Frank Clark. I mean, uh, constantly in the backfield and just busted their tail. I mean, it was what a performance they had. Then you got uh, a guy like Patrick Mahomes who just gutted it out. I, I give him a lot of credit, too, for playing on uh, a week after a high ankle sprain, which is almost unheard of. Yeah, he was in the trainer's room five days or five hours a day, and he talked about it after the game. I didn't expect to be able to run very much um, just from the way it felt, but uh, the training staff did a great job of uh, getting me enough range of, uh, and mobility that I was able to protect myself. And um, and you can see that I didn't have that burst that I usually have. So I got the ball out of my hands quickly. I think you saw that. And I threw a few, probably a few more check downs than I usually would throw um, and relied on my teammates to make the plays happen, and that's what they did. Then again, I mean, the one time he did scramble, he drew the out of you know the the personal foul out of bounds late hit, gave his team fifteen yards and ultimately the win. Yeah, set up the winning forty five yard field goal and and Patrick talked about what he saw in that play. I tried to do whatever I could uh, to, to win, and obviously there was times where you could see that it wouldn't let me do what I wanted to, but uh, I was able to do enough in that last play to get the first down and, and, and get myself out of bounds and try to give Harrison a chance to win, and uh, obviously we got the flag, and he pushed me <laughs> pushed me pretty late there. The defense had gotten stops for us like the last two drives, and we, we had opportunities to get in field goal range, and we didn't, so I knew I was going to do whatever I could to get us in the field goal range, and then Harrison made the kick. And then yet another year, we're going to talk about the offensive line for Joe Burrow and how he needs more and more protection. I mean, I know injury played a part of this, but, man, that guy's got the hell beat out of him in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, but I tell you, he's very calm and cool, and he recognized that, you know, Chris Jones was in his face all night. Yeah, he's so good, man. He's uh, he's so big and strong and, and physical and you know, really understands what you're trying to do to him up front. And so got to give them credit. They had a really good rush plan, and you know they let their, their big-time pass rushers go to work. It felt bad for Joseph Asai uh, hitting Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. I mean, granted, you have to know the cir- circumstances situation, but it, it was not malicious, you could tell, and that guy knew he cost his team, man. He just was emotional after the game. And he gave the Chiefs another 15 yards closer to the goalpost, and he was he was he was bawling on the bench. Mm-hmm. He was still crying in the locker room, but he said uh, when he took a few questions, he said his teammates assured him it's okay. Uh, it means the world to me. Um, these guys mean a lot to me, and um, I, 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 we come every day and we work hard for each other, and to know that they have my back is uh, is extremely. Um, it's giving me peace right now, for sure. Uh, and then Zach Taylor, um, you know, I know he didn't blame it on that, but he just said, hey, and they, he's right. They didn't make enough plays. They had opportunities and, and blew it on numerous occasions. Except for the injuries on offensive line, he thought that he had a team that was ready to, you know, knock down the door and win a Super Bowl. Oh, it aches, trust me. Um, you know, to be this close, to, to our, our goal is to win the Super Bowl. So to be seconds away again of getting back there and you know watching them celebrate it's it's, it's horrible you know because this team has invested so much in each other uh to get to this point and um you know we've been playing playoff football really since halloween we just didn't know it you know we had to win 10 games in a row to be here let's do this we'll step out we'll take a quick break we'll wrap things up mike clemens alongside i'm bill michaels we got one more segment of the bill michaels show on this monday coming up right after this this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
I'm going to miss your questions, Bill. <laughs> and Mike Clements taking 10 seconds to do a lead up. Well, there you have it. Welcome back to the program. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Great Lakes Dragaway. You have the need for speed. Go to GreatLakesDragaway.com. That's GreatLakesDragaway.com. 2023 season passes on sale right now down in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Mike Clemens joining us. Uh, Mike, a little bit of news that uh, Jerry Gray, you know, the Exodus, uh, the rah-rah guy, you know. The, the, according to the NFL Network, the Packers' 60-year-old secondary coach, the you-know-the-Jair and Adrian Amos and those guys love, call him the OG, um, is going to go move in, to Atlanta and hook up with the Falcons. Uh, the defensive coordinator, the new one there, is Ryan Nielsen, but the head coach, Arthur Smith, worked with LaFleur at the Titans. Jerry has worked with uh, with this guy, with uh, Arthur Smith, both with the Washington and with the Titans. So he's being hired by the head coach, but obviously he'll have some sort of a role in the secondary, I don't know who Lafleur is going to replace him with, because this Ryan Downard is like 34. He's a safeties coach right now. He's actually been with the Packers since 2018, working up the ranks. I don't know. Jerry Gray's shoes are big to fill, and he was asked this point blank after the debacle in Minnesota in Week One, where they couldn't cover Justin Jefferson or some of the wide open receivers in the London game against the Giants. Tom Silverstein asked him. Why are you guys so far off the line of scrimmage? You're playing off and you're catching guys. How do you be, you know, aggressive in that situation? Well, uh, I know Coach Barry is going to be up here, and he's an architect and he's a defensive coordinator. So I know you'll get those questions tomorrow, and he'll he'll answer those. You know, especially schematic part. Now, as far as the defensive back, like I said, we we got to be more aggressive ourselves and not sit there and, and wait for schematic or something like that to tell us what to do. Oh, there you go. That's the answer of, hey, don't ask me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, uh, just Bill, a Bill, dude back the, there. That's the position coach. Right. We don't you tackle live us. at any point. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't tell us why your guys are seven, ten yards off the line of scrimmage. And his answer is, ask Joe. Ask Joe. Out, out of my hands. Yep. And the- this might be why he's in Atlanta now. The uh, philosophical differences, as they call it, Mike. Well, you know, and Jerry's, listen, Flowery Branch is a great place to live. He was at the end of his contract in Green Bay. He'd already served his three years. So he's a free agent. He could go anywhere he wants to. But you know what? You know what the real gut punch is? He doesn't think they're getting the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. I yeah. might as well go to a rebuilding team. Right. Get another two or three years out of this. Maybe retire in Georgia. That's where he's at. Yep. No doubt. Yeah, losing Jerry Gray, uh, the the inspirational voice, the cheerleader, so to speak, and uh, obviously a guy that said, don't ask me, ask, ask Joe. Uh, by the way, they're bringing Joe back, which is, uh, you know, yay. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Mike, great stuff as always, bud. I appreciate it. We'll talk again at the end of the week before you and I get ready to fly off to Arizona. Sounds good, Billy. Thank you. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. That'll do it. That'll do it for our in-studio appearance. How about that? Uh, it's weird today, isn't it? Seems a little weird, Ben. I think it's good. Yeah? I think that's, it's enjoyable. It's not a bad way to go. Except when I have to show up on the live stream. I don't mm-hmm. think they want that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's me. And then uh, our buddy Ben Kenny. There you go. There's Ben. Say howdy to Ben. Ben with the face down. Uh, by the way, our friend Stacy, who works over at Boondocks, 
just instant messaged me and said uh, she wants to introduce you to her niece. Oh, oh so, there goodness. we go. Here we go. So you got the hookup, not only for some food, <laughs> but with some bow, chicka, bow, bow over at Boondocks. There you go. Time for us to go. Have a good one. See you. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.